Today's podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and many more, and you can make money from your podcasts. It's everything you need to do to make a podcast in one place. So if you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I mean, a lot of times we want to think outside the box and, you know, what can we do and, you know, all these things. When you're thinking outside the box, there's, you know, unlimited amounts of options. But part of his talk, he said, think inside the box because those constraints are what drives creativity. And going back to our system and realizing the limitations that we had, we have a comfort in those limitations, but I'm finding in our teams now that those limitations and constraints are driving creativity amongst our team. Hey there, welcome to the Inspiring Growth Podcast, where we share stories of struggle that have led to growth. I'm super grateful you dropped by. I'm Mark B. Fisher. Hey, today's episode is brought to you by one of the most relaxing and breathtaking places on the Chesapeake Bay, the place, Sandy Cove. Hey, if you're looking for a place to hold your next retreat or corporate event, and you're a meeting planner, go to sandycove.org, bring a group, or call 1-800-234-COVE and ask for Karen Thompson. And tell them Mark sent you, and you'll receive a free bed and breakfast gift certificate, okay? So thanks, Sandy Cove, for believing in inspiring growth stories that lead to growth. So today, we're jumping into part two of my conversation with the Safe Harbor Counseling Team. Safe Harbor was facing near bankruptcy when the platform they moved to was unable to process client payments. And by the way, if you've not heard part one, you need to pause and then go back and listen to that and then come back over here to part two. Okay, ready to jump in? Let's go. If I'm a business owner, I'm a leader in an organization and I have a core value of excellence, how do you, how do you train your team to be excellence, create crisis. <laughs> I mean, do you hire to it? Do you? Is it a part of your hiring process that you get to know them? You go, this person has illustrations of excellence within their work. Unpack that a little bit for us. When we interview new hires, potential new hires, we try to explain Safe Harbor to them. <laughs> and Safe Harbor, you have to be flexible with Safe mm-hmm. Harbor. Because, you know, we, we share the vision with potential new hires, we share our core values, and we try to give them scenarios and where they would need to be flexible. Because our environment is always changing. Eric is very innovative. And we, as an administrative team, want to support that innovation. So we're the, the hands that, that make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so we're very much in line with the vision. So um, if you're not flexible... It with change and or innovation, then it's probably not a good fit. But the main focus is it's more than just a job. It's an investment in people's lives. And so our communication to potential new hires is we want to invest in you if you want to invest in us. Mm. And that really does play a part every day in our tasks. Mark, I yesterday I, I sat in with our intake team with about a dozen people and just made the rounds all day long. And I must've heard from about every single person when I asked them questions, because that's what curious people do. 
and apparently I'm curious. And I'd ask them questions <laughs> about <laughs> I'd ask them questions about what they were doing. And to a person, some of the answers came back. Well, I just noticed X and noticed this would be a better way to do it. So they took excellence upon themselves. It wasn't like every answer as to why you're doing this is because it's policy, because somebody in management said to do it. It was because they owned it and they noticed because they value excellence, um, what the most excellent way to do something would be. And, and then it becomes policy, but it, it starts from the bottom up sometimes because people have that value. I'm a little worried for you guys right now. Because I can just imagine uh, the leaders listening to this podcast, if Safe Car Harbor was a castle, you better fill your moat because you're talking about great people that might get recruited away. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a little nervous for you right now. They love us too much. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> have chocolate. <laughs> yes. Oh, we do have chocolate. Yes. We have chocolate. And that's how office. we get excellent. <laughs> that, that actually was one of the things you talked about at the lunch when you were describing the implosion. It was like chocolate. It's chocolate yeah. time. <laughs> that's past tense until I showed up. There was chocolate. Then I showed up. <laughs> Literally, there was chocolate. And then he showed up. <laughs> Shay, you mentioned us uh, on your team some things that were just uh just amazing and stunning and encouraging uh, as this thing unfolded and you realize you're in trouble. Can you share uh, one of those stories? My team just completely rose to the occasion. This is the billing team. This is the one that's like trying to get the money. Yes. We, I personally just felt um, this was, it was very important that we make money. That's why I'm here. My job is to make sure that we're making money. And the fact that we were not bringing in money meant that I was not properly doing what I needed to do. So I wanted to do everything I absolutely could to make sure that we brought in what we needed and we brought it in quickly. So I, you know, I went to my team and I said, you know, this is where we are. We need to, you know, bring in the revenue and everybody bent over backwards. They wanted to do everything that they could. We worked 12 days straight, multiple times to make sure that we were in here that we had the claims submitted and back into um, the old software so that we could generate the revenue that we needed to make. And I'm blown away by how everyone provided excellence. But to be honest, under the leadership of Angie and Eric, how could we not? When I interviewed with Angie, Angie said, if you invest in Safe Harbor, Safe Harbor will invest in you. Eric is constantly giving to us and he's providing for us and they're bringing us lunch and he stops by on Saturdays to pray for us while we're working. I just want to be excellent in all things. So when my team sees me wanting to be excellent in all areas and in all things, they want to do the same. Hmm. So the more that I praise them for doing well, the more they want to do. So mm. it just it just trickles down from Angie and Eric. So good. So, so good. There was a key nope. moment in all this on July 11th that I think the foundation, even beyond the vision and values, um, it sounds over spiritual, but the foundation's really the Lord. There came a point on July 11th where we were at the end of our rope and we were we just stopped and we said, you know, we need to ask God for clarity. God's our foundation and our rock. And we asked God for clarity to make a decision um, by July 18th, which was a week later. And less than 24 hours went by. And about three things related to our current program happened. 
um, that Nicole reported back and Shay reported back that were made it crystal clear that that was not going to work. And then we went to the old program and they said, you know what, we have all these projects, um, all these things going on, but we're going to put them all aside and move Safe Harbor to the front of the line. And we're going to make Safe Harbor the priority to get you all transitioned back to us. And so in less than 24 hours, it couldn't have been more clarity, which was what we prayed for. And so we prayed God would give that clarity within seven days. God gave that clarity in like 20 hours. Mm. So how about we give a shout out to the heroes here? So you were with a company, you left them, you were in trouble, and you called them up and said, help. Basically, pretty much. Who is that company? Who is the hero of the story besides your team? Company called Therapy Notes. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, uh, I think that's a lesson to all of us uh, because we all have clients that leave and come and leave and come. That idea that they didn't burn the bridge and make you feel guilty for something that you they bought because of you, they left or, or you left them. And, and when you came back and said, we need help, they were, sounds like they were open armed and ready to help. Very much so. Yes. So, way to go. Therapy notes and the leaders that are a part of that team as well. So uh, why don't we do a quick round Robin? Why don't you describe a few leadership wins and losses as a result of this experience? So wins and then losses. One leadership win. Shay? I would say a leadership win for us is we are a stronger team right now. Mm-hmm. Our management team has never been stronger than we are at this particular moment. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, um, another Nicole? win would be that we've definitely learned what kind of perspective we should have going into big decisions like this. Um, so we actually talked about it yesterday at our leadership meeting Um but we were so focused on finding a solution to the challenges that we were having. And so our perspective was the solution to the challenges, but we, you know, kind of forgot the basic things that were so important to how we operate and what our workflow is. Um, but through that process, we have absolutely learned, you know, what, what questions we should be asking. And it's, it's incredible to see that. What questions would you ask in a major uh, transition change of a vendor that you learned, what would you do, do differently? So, I mean, this is going to be obviously really specific to Safe Harbor, but um, something as for us that we found obviously is a huge thing for us is just in the way that we schedule, because this was not just a billing software. It was the whole package of scheduling and billing software. So um, the way that uh, Safe Harbor is set up, our counselors, um, they may work in two different locations on the same day at different times. And our intake department would need to know that information so they know how to schedule their new mm-hmm. intakes. Um, so, you know, going to a system that had larger capabilities and functionalities than where we were, we just had the assumption of, okay, well, that's going to be a capability with the system. So that's something we didn't even think to ask. We were so focused on the challenges that we were having and and looking for the solution and answers to those challenges that something as basic as how scheduling was going to work for a counselor in those kinds of situations was a question that we didn't ask. So we got into it realizing, oh my gosh, this is a huge issue. Intake's not going to know how to schedule for a counselor that's at you know multiple locations on any given day. Um, so that's just one example that's kind of specific to us. So what I what I hear in that example is the presenting problem 
you're finding a vendor or a solution. But there are teams there are there are teams within Safe Harbor that need to have an input that need to be able to ask questions before a decision is made. Okay, other wins, Angie. Other wins was that we can creatively think for solutions that don't necessarily need to be in one set box. I think that's what we were thinking for the for this database. Like it's going to offer us everything, and really, our system is adequate. That I mean, Therapy Notes is adequate for what we use it for, but we need to be creative in how we need to complement that system with what we need as a practice growing. Eric. So the storm has revealed the strengths in our leaders and all of the people in our departments. So, for example, you take take a hiker who's hiked Mount Everest and take um, any one of us and we walk on a leisure trail like in Bel Air, Maryland, a leisure trail is the mom pa trail. There's um, baby strollers. There's you know, we've walked that before, I think. Um Everybody from baby strollers to dogs, everybody's on. It's a leisure trail. If you take the Mount Everest hiker and one of us, you'd notice no difference on the mom pal trail. But put us on Mount Everest and you notice a huge difference. And so our Mount Everest was this situation that happened. And what that Mount Everest with us did was it revealed the intelligence, the character, the strengths in our managers and the people in the departments. And so those are things we're going to need going forward, even even when there's no Mount Everest. Maybe our Mount Everest is something good. It's accomplishing our next goal that's going to affect a whole lot of lives. If we can mobilize all of those um, character and skill strengths that emerged during our Mount Everest, it's going to help us accomplish greater things going forward. That's a mm. huge win. We're, we're going to get back many times over the energy, the money, the time we lost we're going to get that back many, many times over, over the next few months and years. Now, Inspiring Growth listeners, I want to pause. Uh, That was what great leaders do well. They tell stories. They use metaphors. You knew exactly, exactly what an Everest hiker and a mom, pa trail hiker would be. So uh, great leaders tell good stories to illustrate their point. Can I get an amen from the team? Amen. (laughs) Way to go, Eric. Hey, as we take a break right now to thank our sponsors, I'd like you actually to pause. I want to invite you to consider the inspiring core values that Safe Harbor articulated, that they live by. Did you hear them? You know, as a leader, do you have a clear mission a real-life set of guiding principles in your organization. Not something on paper, but in the hearts of your team. If not, I hope Eric's team inspires you to grow your influence and really your bottom line with a clear mission and a finely tuned set of core values. Now, I'd like to thank our Inspiring Growth sponsor, an organization near and dear to my heart, It's called Sandy Cove. Sandy Cove is a beautiful, over 200-acre property with a 152-room lodge. It sits majestically on the headwaters of the Chesapeake Bay. It's great for families and youth and church groups. And if you'd like to discover the six reasons why church leaders love to retreat at Sandy Cove, 
go to sandycove.org, that's sandycove.org, and click on the tab, Bring a Group. Now, if you're a meeting planner and you go online or you call and you mention Inspiring Growth, you'll receive a free bed and breakfast night at Sandy Cove. Maybe you need a little time away. If you'd rather call, just dial 800-234-COVE. That's 800-234-COVE. And be sure you ask for Karen. Now, let's jump back into our fascinating conversation with the leaders of Safe Harbor Counseling. When we were sitting at lunch, this was, when was this? Like the end of August, right? Eric asked a question of the team, uh, how are you feeling? And I, I got an overwhelming sense that there was a degree of vulnerability and honesty, which I thought was refreshing. But the overwhelming response was exhausted. <laughs> I mean, for heaven's sakes, you just climbed Mount Everest, right? Was that, I mean, that's natural. You're going to feel that if you're putting in 12-hour days and long, long days. What, what did you do to replenish from exhaustion? I went to Disney. so good so good i'm gonna see if disney would like to sponsor the podcast (laughs) yes uh we just won the super bowl uh shay where are you going with your son going to disney (laughs) all right uh angie how about you well the global leadership summit was really an ideal time to happen um because it just refreshed us so much as leaders and just to be able to sit and absorb and digest all of that wisdom was really this is not a plug for (laughs) global leadership summit but the timing of that was amazingly perfect for our team um so that was very refreshing and we spoke yesterday at our leader we have monthly leadership meetings Mm-hmm. We have weekly manager meetings, and then we have monthly leadership meetings where Eric um, joins us and leads that. And so those times are really a time to just debrief and see where we are personally and professionally. Um, so from the leadership summit, I believe we all took some really vital truths and to be able to apply from mm-hmm. this experience, um, both personally and professionally. Me, myself, um, it... it it really is looking at our sustainable future. What can, what can we sustain as a team? We can sustain great things, but like the 20 mile March, being able to consistently do the things that are going to get us far um, and still be successful. That's something that's really helpful for me. And I've been trying to communicate that with our team too. Like we've been crazy busy, but now we need to re redirect our focus on a sustainable workflow that's going to continue to allow us to grow and maintain for the long haul. How about uh, losses? What, what's a, what's a loss that happened? Did you lose any people? Did you, I know you lost a lot of sleep. What are some of the losses? We did lose actually a couple people. Um, because of the transfer, we were able to gain two people back after we transitioned back to therapy notes. Um, oh, wait, wait, we, wait. You lost two people when you changed platforms? We did. It was too much. And then you changed back to the original and those people came back? hmm And you wanted them back? We did, yeah. Okay, okay. Because, you know, it can go either way. <laughs> what other losses? What other losses? We lost money. Yes. <laughs> we lost a lot of money. Hmm. Yeah. Have you been able to recoup any of that? Some of the money, of course, we can recoup, but there will be 
a loss that we will not be able to get back, mm. obviously. Nicole? Pride. <laughs> I might have lost them a little bit of pride. Maybe that's a good thing. Mm. Can you illustrate that? I think, I mean, my role here is still very new. I'm going, I'll be here two years in January. So um, part of my job is to look at what we're doing here at Safe Harbor and trying to make our processes more efficient, um, you know, so that we can be more productive, right? So, you know, part of this transition was, you know, looking at what we were doing and the manual processes that we had and the limitations that we had and trying to find a solution to those challenges and then having to admit that the solution was not the solution at all and having to go back. And so, you know, being new um, and being a part of, you know, what was kind of driving that direction, I guess, um, is, is where I'm coming from. But I definitely learned a lot, that's for sure. The GLS was was um, was amazing. And we could probably expound on that a little bit later, but I definitely yeah, learned. Global Leadership Summit. Well, this may not be a promotion for them, but it is an affirmation of the value of taking your leadership team away for a day and a half of content and uh, connecting. Because that's really what I saw you guys doing as well at, at lunch, uh, was debriefing and connecting as, as Eric led you guys through Um uh, you know, <laughs> the emotional struggle of it all. Eric, other losses, any other losses you would add? Well, I just want to say um, I love Nicole's vulnerability in that and <clears throat> talking about, um, you know, the personally, the sense of pride and all. And that's really, um, I think, one of the things that's helped our team is we've supported each other and had a measure of vulnerability with each other mm-hmm. through the whole process because it, it's affected all of us. Um, but I would say those the way that it's affected all of us aren't necessarily losses. They're, what great teams do is they turn them into gains mm. because absolutely what, what we get going forward is the vulnerability that emerged mm. and all the great mm. things vulnerability does, the trust it builds, the cohesion it builds, all that far outweighs the money. So even when I say the money was a loss, it's a temporary loss. It's mm. really an investment. It, it's really like when you go to the global leadership summit and you pay a fee. That's not a loss. It's an investment. Mm. You know, this was just a a little bit bigger investment than the global leadership (laughs) summit. Yeah. You just paid for a master's degree in leadership for your, for your team. Uh, What I think it was uh, Brene Brown that said uh, vulnerability breeds vulnerability. And that is the place of connection. I think that you guys being vulnerable, sharing with uh, our inspiring growth uh, listeners, which, by the way, is now in uh, 42 states and 23 countries, which uh, thank you all for, for listening to the Inspiring Growth Podcast. We were just named uh, the number 79th, top 79th, uh, our ranking in, uh, what was it, Apple Podcasts is number 79, which is, we've gone from obscurity. So thank you all of you who listen and share uh, with us. So last question, and then I want to give you guys a roundtable to ask me any questions, which is the scariest thing I've ever done on the podcast, because you guys are professional in the counseling space. But what advice would do you have for fellow business owners and leaders on how to lead through change? I would say <laughs> that one of the books that we've really taken a deep dive into is Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. And she starts, the whole book is about drawing the collective intelligence of your team. So to lead through change, I would say do foundational things first. Don't don't all of a sudden when change either is thrust upon you or you engage in change for positive reasons, then all of a sudden say, 
okay, we're going to start doing all this great stuff. It's like training for a marathon the week before the marathon, mm-hmm. you know, start doing all those things now of building your team, drawing upon the collective intelligence of your team, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm going to kind of piggyback off of that. And it's um, something from Craig Rochelle's talk at the global leadership summit. And he was talking about, you know, thinking inside the box. I mean, a lot of times we want to think outside the box and, you know, what can we do? And, you know, all these things, when you're thinking outside the box, there's, you know, unlimited amounts of options, but part of his talk, he said, think inside the box because those constraints are what drives creativity. And, Going back to our system and realizing the limitations that we had, we have a comfort in those limitations, but I'm finding in our teams now that those limitations and constraints are driving creativity amongst our teams. So don't be afraid to stay inside that box and and allow the creativity to come out of your team in that. Good word. You know, because we've talked so much about the Global Leadership Summit, I'm going to put in the show notes a link to the Global Leadership Summit, but also they just published something which is absolutely fascinating. It's a sketch drawing of each talk. So it's notes from the talk. So if you're a visual learner and you want to see the notes from each of the talks, I'll put a, a link in our show notes for that as well. Angie, do you have any uh, any good words of advice? fellow leaders? Really, I would say really collaborate with your team. It is, um, you know, you have to look big picture and the people who are doing the work every day need to have input and invest into the decisions that are made for the big picture. So um, communicating with them on a consistent basis, getting input and collaborating with them of what's the best thing about their job, what would make their job easier and how would this particular change affect them? Um, I think that was huge, getting input from the team members in that way. Great. And I've noticed just in the conversations that you have a structure, an organizational structure where you're doing one-on-one, then you're doing manager meetings, then you're doing monthly leadership meetings, which sounds like it's baked into your culture, your operating system, which sounds like you're you're hearing and asking a lot of questions. Um, as one of my guests once said, Bob Tede, the way that you make, rather than declaring something which creates resistance, you ask questions that create relationships. And it sounds like you ask your team a lot of questions and get them involved in their uh, the solutions to problems, which is a, a great characteristic. Shay, do you have any uh, words of advice for uh, your billing leader peers in the world? <laughs> um, just piggybacking off of what everyone else said, just listening to one another, taking everyone's advice and um, just taking everything in and then bringing it back to the table with, you know, all of management and then making a decision off of that. That was, that was huge for us and the transition back, just making sure we were collectively working together um, to make any decisions. Right on. Uh, Any last minute uh, observations you'd like to make? So one thing I thought of this morning in regards to leading through change was there was a, a time lag for me personally between when I started thinking in my mind, I don't know if the system's going to work and when we made the decision as a team. And so my natural tendency was probably a week or so earlier would have been to say, you know, just declare we need to change. We need to get away from the system. But I resisted that temptation, at, you know, and didn't hit the panic button. I would say don't hit the panic button when there's a crisis or you need to lead through change. And I'm so glad I didn't, even though I was tempted to. Mm. What happened was by by drawing um, together with Angie and Nicole and making the decision together and not just declaring what we needed to do, 
they were bought in. Shay was bought in. Everybody else was bought in. And so then when it came time to execute our plan, they weren't executing Eric's plan. They were executing our plan that everybody owned. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I am so guilty of hitting the panic button too soon. And my team is just like, what the heck is going on? So, so good. Well, I'm glad that you screwed up and did something right there, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> now we, now we, we like quote lost maybe a week of time, but mm-hmm. we gained like months. Momentum by it. Yeah. By a We really yeah. did. If you would have hit that panic button earlier, I know I would not have been prepared. I was right. mentally prepared and I knew what, what I needed to do for my department. And I was ready to communicate with you when you hit that panic button. But if you would have hit it a week earlier, would, would we all have been where we needed to be? Wow. Okay. So quick questions. We'll start with Angie. We'll go to Shay. We'll go to Nicole and then we'll finish with Eric. Any questions you want to ask me? What prompted inspiring growth for you? Oh, well, the name was actually given to me by a client. Uh, back in 2013, I had a some health issues that took me out of the game. I was the executive director and president of uh, a large nonprofit. All the health issues took me out. I sat on my couch for 18 months trying to figure out what to do next. And uh, I just started – I had a career coach. I had some counselors that were helping me. And I just started um, – well, honestly, here's what happened. My wife came home one day and she said uh, – I said to her, I think I'm going to go on disability. And she goes, oh, no, you're not. I said, why not? I'm, I'm in terrible shape. And she goes, think about everybody that we've known that's gone on disability. What's happened to them? And I thought about it for a while, and I realized they got worse. And the reason they got worse is they had to prove they were disabled rather than get better to get the money. It, it was the money trail. And so Lori says, you got a lot to offer, so just figure it out. And then she went and made dinner. <laughs> And so uh, I started uh, uh, what originally was called Pain Fisher Marketing Group to help grow businesses. And one of my clients a couple of years ago said, you know, Mark, you've been with us for a couple of years. Uh, we've grown by like 62%. And he said, me as a, as a leader, you've really inspired growth in me as a leader. And I'm thinking about running for mayor of Prescott, Arizona. What do you think? And I went, hold on. What did you just say I do? And I realized that someone else called out of me the thing that I am wired and, and experienced and love to do, which is to inspire growth in, in leaders and their, in their organizations. So thanks for that question. All right, Shay. So there was a situation at the Global, Global Leadership Summit where you had some gum in your book. I just wanted to know. <laughs> I just wanted to know if you were able to open that book back up so you could read through that. <laughs> That's a that's a sticky question. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying a certain a certain somebody that's a guy that's not me on this podcast <laughs> chewed up some gum that I graciously gave him and stuck it in my global no- notebook and I'm like trying to open it and I'm like what's going on I can't open it the- and there's a sticky smelly well it's spearmint so it wasn't terrible yeah no one no one's confessed to that so thanks for that question mm. no problem. Um, at the Global Leadership Summit, what were all the foreign objects you found in your water bottles <laughs> that people inserted in there? I have no idea. Okay. I, it's I probably no better idea. you don't know. I, 
I didn't even know there were foreign objects. So now I'm wondering. Now I know I'm sick. I died. I nearly died. I was in the ER the day after. Now I know. <laughs> like middle school oh. boys playing. Sitting, sitting with these two was definitely. All right, I have another question. Did- oh, by the way, by the way, all, all guy conversations end up in middle school. Uh, <laughs> they do. All of them. All of them. <laughs> did, did all the hair grow back on your legs that I pulled oh, off geez. when everything was quiet and okay. you were trying not to jump out of your seat? <laughs> They have not grown back. There's a little patch down there. I took an Instagram photo, and, and I have like 3,000 likes on it. So <laughs> it, it, it. It paid off. That loss paid off. Um, I have no really. further questions. <laughs> thank the Lord. Thank goodness. Um, but yes. I, I, I want to illustrate for our listeners, and I want to thank each of you for being here, because my motto is have fun but get it done. And today we got it done on the Aspiring Growth Podcast. Thank you for sharing your struggle that led to enormous team growth and character growth. Thank you all. And thank you to Spotify for being our sponsor for Inspiring Growth, where we inspire growth with leaders and their organizations. Hey, I want to thank Sandy Cove for sponsoring this episode of Inspiring Growth. If you are a meeting planner for a group retreat or conference, and you'd like to discover the six reasons why church leaders love to retreat at Sandy Cove, go to sandycove.org and click on the tab, Bring a Group. And if you are a meeting planner and you mention Inspiring Growth, you'll receive a free bed and breakfast gift certificate. So go to sandycove.org or dial 800-234-COVE. That's 800-234-COVE. Be sure you ask for Karen. And Thanks to Dylan Garvin uh, with with my Studio D production. Dylan and his team edit today's podcast, and now you can see a transcript of the podcast in the show notes. You can check that out. And if you like the podcast, would you take a moment and like or subscribe or share or rate Inspiring Growth? I am super grateful for the five-star rating on iTunes from over... 200 folks just like you. So thank you. And finally, friend, if you want to grow in your connection with others, be kind, be present, and ask good questions. I'm Mark P. Fisher, inspiring growth with leaders and their brands. If you're interested to find out more about what we do, you can go to inspiringgrowth.biz and check out all the free stuff we offer.